0: and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back to the best hour of their day. Uh, I am not sure I've ever wanted a podcast to be irrelevant. I hope this one is irrelevant. but I don't know that it will be. Um, I've got two guests here, uh, Jeff Westmoreland, who has been on the podcast before, and then Craig Howard, who is the owner of Diablo CrossFit out in California. And what we're going to discuss today is potential for lockdowns. So uh, Jeff has obviously been on the, if you listen to the previous podcast, we talked uh, a lot in the beginning of kind of COVID lockdowns um, oh, and he just dropped off. He'll hop back on. So I'll, I'll switch over to you, Craig. <laughs> uh, I wish we were just going to talk about the games. Cause that's a lot of where your experience is at, but <laughs> we can, uh, we could, we could talk about a little bit of that as well. Did you go to
2: the games by the way? Um, I was there and uh, okay I was impressed. It was an awesome experience. They, they, they outdid themselves given uh, obviously the, the events of the last 18 months.
1: They um, I thought, I thought they did a fantastic job. Jeff and I were talking beforehand. I um, I was a judge. So I, I, because I work on seminar staff, I judge the individuals uh, each year. This is my eighth year and it was the most events we've ever judged, but it was in my, at least on my end in the back, it was like the smoothest event we've ever had. So that's fantastic. Um, what was your, did you compete this year? No, I did not compete this okay. year. Okay. I know you have a long history of, of competition. It right. was, I, yeah. uh, it's been a few years
2: since I've been there, but uh, but but it's I still I still have it there buried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, They're, uh, yeah. There what was your go ahead. What was your favorite event? Um the it was the clean uh, ladder that they did with the run. That was mm-hmm. and I, I had my doubts um about it. Uh, when I started it, I thought that's, that's just dumb. Why don't they have them go five, four, three, two, one, why such a short run? And then I was just going nuts as they would come in trying to make the time cap. It was brilliant. I, uh, when they briefed that us,
1: then when they briefed us for that workout early in the week, I was way off on my calculation for the number of athletes that were going to make it through that ladder i was like there's no way like that is th- that's devastating weight and i yeah. want to say like 50 percent of the field went through the 350 bar i mean it was a lot of guys went through that bar um right. and who is the two that were the most impressive jeff adler yeah and then gee the ease with which both of those guys went through the ladder was offensive
2: yeah <laughs> It, it, what was amazing we i started and i don't uh, you know other people around us were doing the same thing we were trying to calculate by the second or third run were they going to make it or not were they going to have enough time like oh, i was weird look at the clock look at the lift look at the clock look at the lift <laughs> And these, they had literally the ones that took the time to set up and engage brace those are the ones that were the slowest and have the most difficult the guys that came in just gripped and ripped holy crap It
1: didn't even make sense. You know, like, uh, gee, like, and he, uh, he did the same thing on the snatch where it's just like, he wasn't even, he didn't even think he just grabbed the bar, cleaned it. And they were clean lifts too. I mean, they were, I mean, they were beautiful. That was a lot of
0: fun. I Um, was just completely, uh, jealous. Uh, I'd been five years in a row up through 19 and of course nobody went last year. So this is the first year that I hadn't been. And, uh, so got a, got a daughter going to college and, 10 days or seven days. So it was, it was not the summer to take off and do it. Yeah.
1: It was a, uh, it was a great event and uh, home office, uh, a bang up job there. Dave really, I thought he wrote some really nice work. The one I actually really enjoyed judging, which is weird, but was the pegboard uh, single arm overhead squat, double under workout.
2: Another great workout.
1: That was a great workout. Very impressive. So, um, but anyway, so the topic that I want to discuss uh, just to give, um, gym owners, some things to chew on is the looming doom of potential further lockdowns for boxes. So we've all been through quite the shit storm over the past 18 months or so. Um, I wanted to bring Jeff on to discuss some things from the legal side, but I also wanted to, um, to have, to have you on Craig, because you've kind of already been through this and had your, your battles through it. Um, uh, but I do want to throw a disclaimer out there. We are obviously not giving, uh, legal advice here. Um, just ideas that you can start having conversations with your attorney if you have one. And if you don't have one, uh, I would suggest finding one because uh, this is probably pretty likely in some states to happen. And my fear, I don't, I don't know what the, the current state of affairs there uh, in Louisiana, Jeff and, and Craig in California. Um, but if gyms have to close down a second time, I don't think they're reopening.
2: That's, there, there were a number of affiliates that that closed, that made it almost to the end and closed, or some that closed in the middle that I am aware of. Um, they need it de simply because they didn't have the cash, the, the cash flow to be able to pay the affiliate fees. And, uh, and, they, and, and they, they won't be able to endure a second round of, and because of that, landlords now are less tolerant, um and less forgiving and mm-hmm. so it, it, it puts them in a very difficult situation i know several that will close if we have to, if we have to close yeah,
0: yeah because, and then of course go you've, ahead, have, you, you've got you know these landlords are dealing a lot of these landlords own you know residential property and commercial property and now with all these moratoriums on evictions and now the new one i mean it's it's stressing the landlords too so they can't be as forgiving um you know, our gym, our, our box is fortunate. We're actually bigger than we were before quarantine. Uh, but I think that's a f- factor of some of the, some of the gyms around us closing and people coming, but I agree with Craig. I mean, a lot of them are not going to make it. Uh, and, and we're in a part of We're in a part of the country where people are not that hard on the lockdowns. Although our current administration, uh, likes to put out a lot of mandates, but, um, they're hurting on both sides, the tenants and the landlords and, and uh, it's to a breaking point on both sides.
1: Yeah. So Jeff, um, just to give people some context. So Jeff, your your kind of specialty in law is real estate, but you're typically in the other end of that conversation. You typically
0: represent the landlords. Right. I do. uh, I do a lot of real estate, but also do real estate litigation, which is not necessarily common. A lot of people who do real estate, just do the transaction side, right? And I do the litigation as well, so I'm able to see it from both sides. When I'm writing a document, I'll also see how I'm going to litigate that document, and uh, and actually have before a document that I wrote, I ended up in litigation over. So, um, but I typically represent the landlords. Although since I did your podcast, Fern, I've I've helped a number of boxes out there. Uh, with their leases. And mm-hmm. I, and I throw that invitation out to a lot of people and I throw it out to people now, to the extent I have time, I'm always willing to mm-hmm. get on the phone with a, with a box owner for an hour or so and help them give them ideas. Um, uh, because I think it's important, you know, and they're, and they're fighting a lose battle. I mean, we know that, that gyms, a lot of gyms don't make a lot of money. Your average globo gym or, you know, local gym, not CrossFit box does not make, tons of profit anyway Mm -hmm. so you you start hurting them in this way and uh a lot of them will not come back
2: there's there's a number of gyms that are facing lease renewals that may that that are in danger of losing those leases i think the damage from the past closures have the complete damage is yet to be i know a number of boxes in the bay area that have accrued significant rent debt And uh, and these are gyms that have never operated with debt before. When you're faced with uh, carrying a debt load, um, you have a slow month, a slow couple of months. It's a different situation than being um, debt free. And uh, these landlords are are going to expect some sort of uh, uh, compensation for that for that past rent. So, couple that with the stigma that has been cast upon gyms as being a place that are high risk for COVID transmission. And you're, you as a landlord have, have got to consider them as a tenant versus someone else that isn't a high risk for COVID transmission. So we've been branded as, as tenants that are possibly affected by the mandates. The first one's affected. And then also a place of liability for spreading COVID-19. And you have a, kind of a perfect storm here to oust gyms from these areas. Uh, CrossFit gyms are fond of industrial areas and light industrial areas. And the, conundrum, uh, the irony of that is that currently in the Bay Area, and as I'm sure it's true elsewhere in other major metropolitan areas, this type of space is highly desirable right now as a result of the pandemic because we are places where the last mile companies can store their goods and services for same day or next day delivery. So Amazon and so the space is like mine, uh, I got 12,000 square feet that are near the interstate corridors are now going for 30 to 40% more per square foot than they were a year ago. Um, we're That's facing brutal. Right now. Oh, yeah. And we're facing a lease renewal now. My landlord made it very clear. They have leased everything along the 580 corridor and the 101 corridor has been gobbled up. And again, it's, they call it last mile companies that are gobbling this stuff up.
1: It's That's fast. interesting because the um we're we're kind of seeing the same thing here and, and Jeff, I want to come back to you a minute and talk about the, the moratorium because I'm I'm actually not even entirely sure what the deal is with that at this point. But we're seeing, uh, the same thing here, Craig, but it, it actually has nothing to do with that. It has to do with cannabis industry. So they just legalized it here. So people are looking for storage facilities and stuff like that. So, I mean, they are just now, and they're paying top dollar for it because they can, they can afford it. So, um, th- there's a lot of things here working against the affiliates, you know, obviously Craig or, um, uh, Jeff, you mentioned like most people are running, you know, probably most gyms are running something around 10 grand a month and gross revenue, like the vast majority of them. Some of them do significantly better. And I wish they all would but you know if somebody takes your goes from we'll call it nine dollars a square foot and they're like 18 bucks now because that's what market will get me yeah the landlord's not even going to talk to you they're just gonna be like, get out of here like get out of here i've got another tenant who who's going to pay the first six months in
0: cash right? right i mean what's the irony uh out with gyms and let's uh let's rent them to cannabis <laughs> owners i mean come on <laughs> If you saw my Facebook <laughs> post today, it's like, when are we going to mandate uh, eating healthy, exercising, not smoking, not you soon know? Enough. <laughs> Uh so and boy, I got some reactions on that one. But uh, yeah, the moratorium, you know, I, I've glanced at it. What it basically says is what's interesting is that the CDC gets to institute a moratorium on private business owners. I mean, it's the craziest thing we've ever been through not you know and so what they're saying is in areas where covid reaches uh, a certain height the moratorium applies and the article i was reading uh, just yesterday said in louisiana 62 of the 64 parishes uh apply to the federal moratorium uh because we have a and we're and we're you know we're one of the higher states right now um in in terms of new covid cases so 62 of the 64 parishes apply on the moratorium. I was about to file an eviction uh, at the end of September uh, for a client, so um, I've got to kind of get my my arms around it at some point here. But it just came out. But that's essentially what's happening. And of course, you know, you know not to get overly political, but you know, Biden said he said in an interview, I, I, I'm not even sure it's constitutional or, or legal, but we're going to do it anyway. So you know, it, yeah. it, we're in a, we're in a time where you know, and, and they did that to Craig. It was like, you know, it was like, we're just going to come do what we want to you. And then we're going to let you try to fight it later. And so, you so know,
1: that's yeah. a good, I, I do want to talk about, so Craig, give it, give, give people a little idea of like what your, because obviously there's a ton of different scenarios out there. Like mine was probably ideal in most in, by most standards, but yours was not. So what, what happened with your box and your landlord?
2: Um. So, when we were asked to march 16th of last year asked to shut down uh, by the county and we acknowledged it and, and and agreed with it um especially because it was such an unknown uh, quantity uh unknown entity and so we uh, we shut down um i immediately contacted my landlord who was um very understanding and uh, agreed that uh she would uh Abate the rent. This was actually a, a great conversation and huh. <laughs> mastering the English language. debate the rent. I followed up with and and for as long as we needed or until the mandate was over. So I said, well, it probably, in my estimation, is going to be a month, maybe two, um, but we'll you know we'll work around it. I sent an email to follow up and clarify. She replied back and said, I didn't mean to say abate. <laughs> I meant defer, <laughs> which meant that it would be at the back end of the rent. Um, for us, uh, that was, you know, I, uh, having dealt uh, or having, you know, having worked with debt before. Um, my wife and I managed to 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 make the make the rent payments on time, so that we didn't have to, so that we weren't faced that. It. it was enticing to want to want to let it go and to not to mm-hmm. not not make that payment. Um, but we're in a position now where I don't have any back rent. Uh, we closed for um, a, a month and then opened back up with outdoor park workouts, um, eventually opening up back <laughs> the doors um, ahead of the mandates before the mm-hmm. mandates. Got, and then we started getting the fines.
1: So, so that is my question, right? So I've, I've talked at, at length about this and obviously this is, this comes down to everybody's risk assessment. Like like how far, like how far do you want to take this? But I have questions. I have like a lot of detailed questions with regard to who fined you. And then what was that chain of custody with regard to the fine with regard to enforcement? And then how did you determine what your course of action was going to be now that you're just like, all right, well, I've got a fine here. Like this is, this is happening
2: so we i immediately contacted my attorney to find out what the legality of it was and what their ability was to enforce these fines and um and he agreed to to um to work on it at the end of the day and this was the county that was finding us not the city okay the, the cities had um within the bay area had decided collectively to to uh, push the responsibility to the county to manage uh, and this is from the district attorney's office. Um, I, the, at first, the, the first was warnings of fines. And then I got a, a very stern letter from the district attorney himself, uh, or an assistant district attorney himself. And I, I, I literally just got him on the phone. And he, 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 he actually is a really good guy. <laughs> we, had, we had a conversation and he said, look, he didn't expect this to last long. Um, if we stayed open, he was going to start fining me. He recommended there's another course of action I could take um, to take it and avoid the fine and then we agreed to, I agreed to go outside. Um, and that was until then the um, we, we had fires in this area and lots of smoke and I brought people back indoors and then the fines immediately began. Um, and I, my attorney advised me during this time, we talked about it. Um, we appealed every one of the fines, um the next chain uh the next part of that process was to um uh, go to the appeals court which was zoom uh, appeal um, i prepared all the documentation i we uh, we failed in the appeals court and then they you know and the next step then would have been to appeal it to um the california um superior court um but the problem is with the, and in my this is where my attorney was great He was look great I'll gladly, I'll gladly do this for you. <laughs> but let me just give you an estimate of the cost right. of fighting this. He goes, it's probably, he goes, if it's a jury trial, he goes, it's, it's it's there's picking the jury, there's whole attempting the jury, and he goes, and it could go weeks. And he said, it's probably anywhere from thirty-five to fifty thousand dollars in attorney's fees to fight this. Seven thousand dollars in fines. Or <laughs> He goes, and because the courts are so backlogged, because of the pandemic, you won't be able to get to, you won't even be in court on this, probably until next year or maybe late next year. He goes, do you really want to be dealing with this then? And and because of that decision, I elected to just pay the fines uh, because of that conversation.
1: Yeah, so this actually is something that I wish more people would have considered. And obviously this is different state by state, but I've said this from the get-go is like, everybody should do the math. In some states, the fines can only be levied for so many consecutive days. And there's a cap on the fine. And you have to just do that math that we were talking beforehand. Like most people, if you're like, Hey, shut down your business for two months or pay $7,500 in fine. I'm like, that's not even a discussion. Like just I'll pay the fine. That's fine because it's way worse the other way. Um, so what's the outcome of that? You pay your fines and you're good. Yeah.
2: yeah so we, well, we paid our fines and then, uh, by, by, it, it, what they did is they they could have come daily and given us a thousand dollar fine a day mm-hmm. and so you know the, the the part that i'm grateful for is they didn't do that they came out about every week or every other week uh they were coming out when they came though i and this is the part that i'm not congruent with but i didn't make them feel comfortable i didn't want them to feel comfortable giving me a fine right so i was when they came i i, I literally would would Reach to them, well, here's what we're doing. Here's how we're doing it. Um, we're keeping our customers you know, healthy. I, I went through a litany of things mm-hmm. um, just to make them feel uncomfortable. I want to let you know I've got employees. Like, you're giving me this fine you're trying to shut me down. You're trying to let my employees go who will not be able to get paid. Are you comfortable with my employees not getting paid? Yeah. I want to go in and tell them what you're doing. And, and again, I'm not, it's not congruent with who I am and, by nature, but will, as a result, I think they didn't come as much because they felt the pain that I had, I was very emotional about it. Um, well, that's and-
1: a real pain. Like that, it's not, it's not. That's not like something you made up. Like I don't. I, I. That wouldn't be something I would normally do either. But in those circumstances, I would argue you're not giving me another choice, and I'm not just going to lie down and just take it just because I'm going to tell you that this is nonsense, or at least I think it's nonsense. And there are there's a lot of secondary and tertiary repercussions for this. It's not just like you give me a fine and that's the end of it.
2: July August last year, my wife and I were contemplating shutting this down entirely. So, uh, you know we were struggling to keep on, we were struggling to pay our coaches, struggling to pay rent. If you had told me then, back in March of twenty twenty, that it was going to be eighteen months of this shit, I would have, we would have shut it. I would have said, no, absolutely, I'm done. I look back now, I'm exceptionally grateful that I stuck it out because we made some amazing changes to our business that, and I'm running a better business now than I was then. Good, but. But I, would, I wouldn't have looked upon it like that when uh, 18 months
1: ago. Well, that's my, that's actually one of my biggest fears is that, you know, I don't know what these, I, A, I hope the lockdowns will come. B, if they come, I don't know what they're going to look like. But more importantly, I could almost assuredly tell you, that they won't be accurate based on what they originally tell us. We have no, we have no indication that they're gonna be like, all right, guys, two weeks to slow the spread. And I'm like, it's next year. <laughs> like we've gone 18 months with this shit. Like, all right. so, and, and my fear is that people will just give up this time. They're just gonna be like, listen, I just can't continue to do this. So I'm just shutting the doors and maybe I file bankruptcy. Maybe I don't, maybe I will just like let the landlord put somebody else in there. But I do think that if, if, if this happens again, a lot of people are just going to throw their hands up and we're going to be down a lot of affiliates. And I think we're down like 10% roughly now. Or,
0: or or Fern, I mean, I don't know, you know, we're kind of like that around here with the mask mandate, you know I mean? You're only seeing about 50% of the people really, I mean, most people aren't done with it. You know, they don't, they're a, just, they're just done from a philosophical, you know, problem standpoint. They're done with the mask and B they don't, they don't think they do anything so you know it, it's interesting i've had this conversation before, right when the right when the quarantine ended but then there was a little after the it ended there was a little spike after the quarantine mm-hmm. that's how i got into this because i started doing research i had clients telling me um i'm not closing and i had medical clients telling me i'm not closing so you need to get ready if they come back and make me close again they're gonna to have to arrest me. I'm not closing again. Now these are doctors and physical therapists. Right. Um, they're making a lot of money and they have money to fight. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that I think I do agree with you that some of these these boxes will close. But I think you will be surprised. And part of my whole pitch that we're going to talk about here is groundswell and grassroots. Um, and, and if, if all of these businesses, if you take, take the busiest corridor in your city that you know of, in our, in my city, in a mile, there's probably 50 plus businesses there. And if every one of them refused to close and every one of them was getting ticketed, I mean, how many people do you think can come and can issue those tickets? And then they clog the court systems, you know, um, Craig's one gym that's standing up and they're only coming once a week, you know, um. So yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I guess is my point.
2: And <laughs> you, you, you make a good point that what has happened has uh, is this. And, and Fern, you said this. What has happened is the counties now have gotten, and the state and city governments have gotten so comfortable with mandates um, that they don't give any targets anymore. It became at first. It was you know, in the very beginning, it was we're going to slow the spread for the hospitals. Then it was. You know, we're going to control it so that, you know, we, we limit the number of deaths and the older population. They, and there was targets. And California was like, we've got to get to X number of cases or we got to get to X number um, of, uh, you know, the, the, uh, hospitalizations. There are no more targets. The most recent mask mandate was mask up and no, no end date. And it's, and it's a comfort level with mandates and executive orders that really makes me uncomfortable as a citizen but especially as a small business
1: owner. Right. And that's, that's kind of my fear is that, and I think a lot of people are scared of the boogeyman. I Craig, or uh, sorry, um, Jeff, you and I might've talked about this. Like when this originally came down, you know, I think, I think everybody agreed to do their due diligence on the front end. Like, cool, we get it. Like we'll shut down, like we'll sort it out. But then it started to get a little bit less clear and, and the pain started to really set in. So I, I tell everybody this because this is just due diligence, which is, you should call the police department and you should say, who is going to be issuing these tickets, right? Because if they're spread thin, the answer is probably nobody. And then the second question one I was, was like, okay, so they give me a ticket. How like, is the I don't know how it was in California, Craig, but here it, everybody was waving the we're going to pull your business license flag. And I, so then I was asking like, well, who's going to do that? Like, who is the person or entity that is going to pull my business license? And this yeah. is the point I think you're going to bring up, Jeff, which is like, well, like the health department. So I asked the question, I said, how does that ticket make it from the police department once it gets into the system over to the health department? They're like, well, so-and-so would have to take it over. There has to be some paperwork filed. You have to go through this process. Cool. I called the health department. I'm like, hey, who's going to process this? And they're like, we don't even manage gyms. And I was like, so nothing is going to happen, basically. But people are so afraid of the boogeyman. And they're saying that we're going to pull your business license. Like, I'm just going to shut down. And I'm like, but it's not going to happen if you just kind of do your due diligence and stand up but to both of your points earlier which is okay so that you do have to go to court well courts here are backed up for 2 years yeah 2 years i'm not going to court for 2 years if i get if i get subpoenaed right now right? right it's not happening that gives me 24 months to figure it out like maybe i can fight this over the next 24 months if i choose to just kind of stand my ground and do that and again i want everybody to do their own risk assessment but what I really want people to do is ask more questions. And one of the ones is, uh, is what we talked about the other day, Jeff, which, was, which is kind of this uh, kind of grayer that most people uh, have with regard to licensing. And this is unknowingly beneficial to gyms, which is one of the fights that Coach Glassman was on forever, which was fighting licensure. If CrossFit affiliates had to carry licenses from a governing body, meaning the government, you could shut everybody down.
0: They could just pull licenses willy-nilly. So what I'm hoping as part of this is that people hear this and it doesn't just apply to CrossFit boxes or gyms uh, uh, or the fitness industry, because I really think uh, I really believe in this. These applications are for every small business owner. And so one of the questions is who's going to enforce this and how is it going to be enforced? I'll give you a perfect example. Our city, Shreveport, Louisiana, is not that small, 250,000, 300,000 people. Uh, our mayor came out right around the time that the governor came out with the mask mandate and the mayor, the mayor came out with a mask mandate and he said publicly they were going to pull your business licenses. Well, some businesses got together, filed, hired an attorney, filed a suit against the mayor and got it overturned. I mean, within a month. Um, and and the mayor simply did not have the statutory power to A, make the mask mandate or B, have any criminality or pull any licenses. The problem we're seeing is, is that there there are people in the government making statements and everybody's just believing it. I am, I am absolutely pro cop. I'm pro police, pro law enforcement, but I have seen video after video, especially in the beginning of the pandemic, police officers saying that they're going to arrest a business owner. And, you know, I question whether they have uh, the authority to do that. Now, again, it comes down to specific statutes, but there have been a lot of statements made by governmental officials of this is what I'm going to do to you. And you're exactly right, Fern. We've got to ask the questions. So you start looking at who is going to, who is going to quote unquote, shut you down. Uh, it's one thing to get fines like Craig got. And, and I, I think he did absolutely did the right thing um, and absolutely did the right. He had a great lawyer because as a business lawyer, that's what I tell my clients all the time. Hey, if you want to spend $100,000 to make a point, hey, I'm your man let's do it. You can, you can pay me a hundred grand. I'll, I'll take it. But, but really it comes down to, it comes down to dollars and cents. It's got to make economic sense. And that's what good lawyers do is they, they tell their clients, look, yeah, we can go to the mat on it. You can make a great point. You might win you and, and you'll be everybody's hero, but you're going to spend 50,000 in the process. So you have to look at the enforcement mechanism. So for like my medical clients, they have a medical uh, board of examiners. Um, they have licensures that literally, if they're open, they can come and pull their license. Okay. So they're in a little bit different spot. Um, the way they got to bars and restaurants, uh, after the quarantine, when people weren't supposed to be in bars and restaurants, uh, or they were having too many people in there was the alcohol license boards, the state boards, you know, um, but if you're just a retail establishment or you're a gym, you've got to start looking at who is going to enforce this against me? And how's it gonna be enforced? And, and then you also have a lawyer that is gonna start looking at the statutes that are applicable and seeing if they have a, a criminal or penal nature to them that allow them. A lot of municipalities don't have uh, the powers that the governors have. And so if a governor makes a mandate in our state, there is a, there is a fine and an imprisonment for emergency mandates. But then the state has to enforce that. Um, and they don't necessarily get to use the local police to do that. And so, so you just, to, looking,
1: just to clarify, you'd yeah. in that scenario, the, a state trooper would have to come.
0: I, I think so. I mean, yeah. I think, you okay. know, you know um, there's a real disconnect with having a city police officer come in and enforce the governor's mandate on you and issue you a ticket. Um, uh, you know, I wonder where that authority comes from. Again, let, let me also say, you know, I'm not a constitutional lawyer. Right. I do a decent amount of governmental law and represent some municipalities, um, but I've studied this for my clients. And and so, you know, the enforcement, and so let's go back to, to gyms and box owners. You know, the enforcement mechanism there is your certific, certificate of occupancy. So who is going to shut you down? I mean, I really well, don't That would be know. the fire department. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and again you're talking I fi- about i got firefighters at work here i think i'm good well you're talking about <laughs> authorities that these institutions have never exerted right, right. i mean they're going to go to like you said the health department and tell health department you need to go shut this gym down they're like we don't even control gyms so um you really got to question who's got the authority now can they come and write you tickets uh yes and and i Again, you, Fern. You said you do the risk analysis and you determine, um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take these tickets and then at some point I'm gonna either decide I'm gonna cry uncle because uh, it's too much money or I'm gonna keep going. I mean, Craig told us I think before we got on, on the air that you know that that he came out ahead financially by taking the fines, paying the fines, and staying open. And so I think I think you have to look at that. But this whole thing about I'm gonna arrest you or I'm gonna close your I'm gonna close your business down. I'm not saying that that's bull, but I'm also saying that 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 you need to be prepared and look at that, because when that when that statement's made to you, just like Craig did, it made it uncomfortable for those guys giving him fines. When you come back and say, "I know for a fact because of X, Y, and Z," you don't have that authority, and as a matter of fact, you don't even really have the authority to be on my property without a warrant. So, and I saw a guy chase a uh, police off of his property because he, they didn't have a warrant. <laughs> and they left so again i want to be very clear i'm pro police pro cop they are stuck in a, a tough situation um
2: most police in our uh, in our area in the bay area while well, and around here the police didn't want to enforce it And i, I know down in pleasanton the police were charged with enforcing the mandates um but they as much as that they're training in the gym and they, as much as they 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 do not like doing those calls and police in san francisco same thing they were they were in charge of enforcing this. So they, they would literally go out, have a conversation, and leave. They didn't like writing tickets and like writing, writing fines for that activity. And the reason is, is they don't they don't see small business owners as criminals. And uh, and that's you know I would encourage anyone that if you feel like arrest is imminent, um, make sure that someone is 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 there videoing it because I don't think anybody. Any agency wants to wants of see a small business owner arrested for trying to stay open and survive during the pandemic.
0: Craig, didn't you tell me that when you and I talked when all that was going on, there were some police that came that were kind of reluctant? They're like, "I don't want to be here, but I'm I'm back." I mean, you know. Special I feel,
2: I feel for them. They're in a tough the, spot. The greatest. He, the, you could tell his body language when he walked up as a special investigator. They use special investigators for the district attorney's office. That's who was enforcing, enforcing here for Contra Costa County. And he got out of his car and he walked up and he goes, you know why I'm here? And I said, yeah, I do know why you're here. Interesting side story to that. I was texted by another Jim um, that just, but about a couple miles away saying, Hey, they just left here. They're coming to your gym. <laughs> and, so, and so I knew he was coming. And, uh, so we had all our members out of the gym and I said, look, you need to come in and walk around the gym and see how we're doing it. And i I, every time they came, I, I pleaded with them. I would give them a copy of my protocols. Handwritten copy or my uh, uh, printed out copy of my protocols. I go take my protocols. I want you to see how we do it. Everybody comes in this way. You see the signage. You see the cleaning. says you see the CO two monitor. I said now we've got these fans above. We got these fans running. We walk around. And I go and I make them stand in the middle. I made him stand in the middle of gym. And I said, "Do you feel the breeze?" He says, "Yeah, I do." I said, "That's on purpose." I said, "We've got air flowing through here. Our air quality here is better here than inside than it is outside." And he goes, "You know what, Craig?" I was never here. <laughs> he turned; he literally turned and walked out, and it was awesome. I was, you know, it was, a, it was a relief, and that's really what I wanted from my county and my city was for them to come look at what I'm doing. And, and yeah, we're, things, we're always
0: talking about the science. So you had some science going on. Yeah, <laughs>
2: these things can be measured, and uh, you know how much I literally googled it. How do I know if I'm breathing someone else's air? And you, literally, there's formulas for this. And it's, it's carbon dioxide measurements, and it's really easy to measure. And you can measure airflow as well. It's cubic feet per minute, and there's monitors and devices to measure it all. And- let, me
0: give you, let me give you a story. Right after we came back from the quarantine, we have, you know, we have a box that has uh, four or five garage doors on either side. So when they're all open, I mean, it's almost, it's almost an outdoor facility. Right. Um, our, our box owner put us in 10 by 10 taped-off boxes. Everything was wiped down. Um, I will say there weren't a lot of masks to be found, but I'm telling <laughs> you, we we put a hundred a hundred plus people through that gym every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went almost every day. Uh, I can count on barely, barely two hands the number of people who got COVID in that gym, and none of them. Every one of them said, "I absolutely didn't get it from here. I got it from somewhere else." So this concept that gyms are gyms are germ ridden. Uh, business that's going to spread COVID is just it, it hadn't been true even by an inkling in ours um, and, I, and I know
2: it's not in yours Craig the whole gym gyms carry germ thing that's a that's a leftover impression from the from the 90s and maybe early 2000s gyms by and large gyms are ultra hygienic because that's the one reason why people won't come back to a gym is it's dirty we had during that entire time March all the way through um, May of this year, 60,000 visits and not one case reported from here, 60,000 plus visits. And, and what we do is we, we spread them out, we keep them moving, we don't let them hang out inside too long. We run fans. It's, it's really a simple process. And and and, and I you know uh, I was hopeful that the city or the county would come and work to work with us, but they never did. And so I had to take matters into my own hands. Well,
1: and that's right, me- kind of what we want. So I want to let you kind of chime in here, Jeff. That's kind of what we want to get to is just like, hey, like we can't assume it's not coming. Let's plan and, and hope that it's not. But we have to plan for that it is, right? So I've already made phone calls to my lawyer, to the police department, just to kind of see what's going on. I made a phone call the first time to come to find out in one of the, one of the uh, adjacent uh, cities And they were just like, yeah, this, the, the enforcement arm is this. And uh, yeah, there's nobody that sits in that seat. Like it's not, it's not even, there's not even a person there. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's not going to go well for enforcement purposes. Um, But what other things should people be considering Jeff with regard to just having information and being prepared to, I don't want to say be combative
0: about it, but like push back. Well, I mean, I'll say it plan, plan, plan. We've already got the blueprint all of the executive orders that they're going to use now were the same executive orders that they wrote then. So first and foremost, you need if you're in an area where you think lockdowns are probable and there and we just know there's certain parts of the country where that may be the case, you need to have a lawyer and so people will say you need to have them now, not not a month from now when they start closing down. And people say, well, I can't afford it. Then that's when we need to band together. Uh, five gyms or five boxes. And I, and I include gyms. I, I, you know, it, it, When it comes to something like this, it needs to be people in the fitness industry. So mm-hmm. it needs to be the Globo Gym, the Anytime Fitness, the CrossFit box, the CrossFit box. Five or six of us get together. We hire a lawyer. We say, look, here, the last time, these were the orders. These were the applicable state orders, county orders, city orders. We need you to go through them. We need you to tell us what they can and can't do. Then, and and we'll help you because we'll help you save some of our money, just like Fern's doing. We're going to call some of the municipalities and we're going to ask, how is this enforced? How is that enforced? But you, you, you've you got a plan and you've got somebody looking at the orders that, that came down that are pretty much going to be the same orders that they use again. Um, and and so you've got to prepare and you've got to, you've got to study. I mean, nobody goes into their craft without without being ready. I don't go into court without, you know, and just wing it. Um, and so you, you've, got to, you've got to start planning now. If you're in an area where you think that that's gonna happen, and, and so let's say you have a lawyer, why should, you, why should you foot the bill and let everybody, you know, piggyback and copycat off of you, try to get some other people in there as a group, other gyms, so that you guys can share the bill for the lawyer uh, and you can be ready. So planning is is huge, and do not wait till the first tickets start coming out. I think you need to look at the stuff now, and that's what I did when my clients were saying, "I'm not closing again." And so mm-hmm. I started pulling um, lawsuits inside of our state uh, and started looking at at the at the cases they were citing and the, and the law they were citing, and learning from um, what other lawyers had already fought. Um, so the biggest thing for me is 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 get ready now, uh, and that's how you do it. Are- are there things that
1: people could be doing now that would let's just say I've done my homework, I've got a couple of things um, identified that let's just say the authorities do show up. Is there anything available, whether if I look at you know the statutes or the executive orders and I, f- I find a, a, a kind of a gap in those that I would that I could post or do something or lock my doors that would just cause the authorities to just turn around they're like, well,
0: we can't even do this right now based on this. I think there are things that you can say that question their abilities uh, and their and their authorities. You know, um, I think, you know, I question whether any police officer has the authority to arrest you for something that uh, along the lines of what Craig was getting tickets for. Mm -hmm. But if I was going to if I was really going to stand my ground on it, I would want to have researched it well. And I would want to say, you know, um, I don't believe that you can arrest me uh, to enforce a governor's emergency order. Um, And then here's why. Uh, So I think I think research of the statutes and like you say, finding gaps in them um, and 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 calling people's bull when they say that they have the authority to do something and they don't because, you know, um, they don't want to get called on the carpet. They don't want to get, you know, they don't want to get their municipality sued uh, because they did something that they probably thought they didn't have the authority to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, again, I don't want to put cops, uh, or investigators or any of those people in, in a tough spot. Um, I think you speak civilly with them and, 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 and edge in an educated manner, uh, things are going to go well. You act, you, you show your rear end and start cussing them. Things are not going to go well.
1: Um, yeah, I don't, th- I don't think anybody's suggesting we do that, but I'm also, right. I don't want people to just lay down because in, in some instances you might not have to. You know, there's I've, I've had conversations with with different lawyers and people and say, hey, listen, like you should put cipher locks on all your doors so that nobody can just walk in your facility. Like only right. people with the code can walk in your facility, because if if a if a if a police officer or sheriff or anybody physically can't get into the building, well, then they definitely can't ticket you. What would they be ticketing you for? They would have to physically be able to see what was going on inside the facility
0: right i mean then you get into issues of probable cause that probable cause that there's some sort of crime being committed in there um you know but it makes it much more difficult that allows you as the owner to step outside and have a conversation exactly um, with with the uh enforcement folks uh but again all of that comes back to being ready and planning Mm -hmm. and and i do not recommend people try to do it on their own uh i say this i said this the last time that a couple uh podcast we've done before. You can mm-hmm. pay me a little bit now or you can pay me a lot later. Right. Because you didn't pay me a little bit now to get you ready and educated. And then you went and did something you shouldn't have done and now we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to fight this or we're gonna yeah. have to go to court over it. So my recommendation is pay some lawyers now to educate you and get you ready. Um, and and hope in hoping that it saves you money in the long run. Craig, are you guys do you
1: guys have any sort of plans? Uh, you, obviously, you can plead the fifth here if you'd like. Me. Um, uh, but do you guys have any plans? Because obviously, California has been uh, less than friendly to small businesses throughout this
2: whole thing. Um, it, but- it, same thing. I, I think, and for us, I want to make sure that I'm not cavalier about this. Right. When if an enforcement officer walks in, I want them to see. Um, I want them to visually see what we're doing. To prevent the spread of COVID, I want them to get an impression through our signage, through our um, um, our monitors, and through our space, our, our, our safe distancing. And I want to, and I'll have protocols up front ready for them to take, if they want them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way they get a they get they get a sense and impression like, okay, something's happening. Um, that's important when you go to, um, and, I, and I noticed this in the appeal process, I had an opportunity to talk and describe all of those things. And what was interesting is that the investigator that spoke mentioned all of those things. He Mr. Howard tried to hand me his protocols. Mr. Howard, you know, tried to show us the inside of the you know, all of those things were said. So it I think it put me in a better position um, mm-hmm. as a gym when you're defending those things to make an effort. So uh, don't be cavalier. I wouldn't right. take this serious. You know, no one did people shouldn't be hugging and high fiving each other and, and uh, um and and no protocols in place so that's important and we'll have that the other thing that i do um, that i've done um, and continue to do is when these mandates are published um they're put on the website and then you'll see on on either the county or the mm-hmm. city or state depending upon who, whose mandate it is and you can get it you can download it and you can read the details of it i think i think that's important because that'll also give you information usually as to who's going to enforce or how it's going to be enforced or what the right. fines may be um and it's good to, to to verse yourself uh in that as well um so for us that's that's what we're doing and then i you know and and then i just wait <laughs> <laughs> just I'm here a lot more often because i don't want my my employees to have right. me, the officers i want to be the guy right okay you know one um, more thing too far yeah, though I,
0: I thought about is you know big companies and and substantial companies they use you know lobbyists Um, they have people who go and talk to the politicians for them obviously most groups or coalitions even if you get five or six gyms together don't don't have the money for a lobbyist but what you can start doing is thinking of people in in influence in your city that can go talk to people who are in government uh in these positions um and 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 get them on your side maybe it's a maybe it's a a doctor who believes in fitness, uh, who has a certain reputation in the community, or maybe it's a, you know, maybe you're lucky enough to have a city council person in your box and start creating those alliances so that when all that comes down, you've got people to, you know, you've got people on the inside to speak for you, uh, cause you can't afford the lobbyist. No. Um, but, uh, you know, we all know that politics, Plays a big hand in in all this, and uh, and so that's another thing to, to be thinking about is trying to f- to find people of influence in your box or in your industry, um, or who who believe in your industry, and, and get them on your side uh, again before before it all starts coming down.
1: Yeah, I, I'm pretty confident in in that most gyms have about one degree of separation from a person that has significant political influence most of them i I know i know for sure we do and those phone calls have been made multiple times um, because when the people of influence make it painful for you know city local state government they start to listen i've been on multiple phone calls with state legislatures uh legislators talking about like what a nightmare this is and 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 how poorly it was executed um, and I don't think you should be afraid to make those phone calls. You should call the mayor's office. You should call the sheriff, the sheriff's office. You should, you should get them on the phone and let them know that this is not okay. Not, and not okay. From the standpoint of like, it wasn't executed properly. It wasn't communicated properly. There was a lot of gray area on why certain people got to stay open and why certain people had to close. And I think not enough people the first time made a stink to the people that make the decisions. It was just a bunch of people bitching at each other. And that doesn't really help. It's like, now right. everybody needs to, needs to direct all of that attention upward and, and make those people's lives miserable. Like, listen, if you're going to run this city, I'm going to make you run it. Like, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make your life miserable in order to, in order for that, to make that happen. And you can do that and you can do it civilly, meaning like in a polite manner. Um, and I think we should, uh, because
0: I tell you what, they all want to be reelected. So well, and that's, a, you know, I do a lot of zoning work. And before we get a zoning change, we always contact the city councilman whose district our property is in we've, and, the, and the parish commissioner whose district it's in. Um, and that's a great uh, comment, Fern, is to, you know, what you if you are in fear that this could come really come to your area, you need to get those folks into your gyms. Now, you need to do what Craig's, Craig's doing. You call your city councilman and you say, I need you to come see what we're doing. So if this comes up, I want you to understand what we do. I mean, we've already proven through the first quarantine that gyms are not the boogeyman that, that people said that they were. And there is absolutely no proof um, at all that COVID was spread through gyms more than it would have been spread through any other place. So we know that. Um, and so I think, again, getting ahead of it is those people. those people represent your area where your business is. That's where their votes come from. Uh, and getting them into your gyms and getting them to understand, just like we do with the zoning or a business we're going to put in their district. We get them to understand what we're planning to do, how we're, how we're trying to do it. Uh, And you might be surprised at who comes to bat for you. Um, We've got a guy who's a councilman here and he's very involved in our, our, uh, our two day um, not CrossFit um, competition. We do here our functional fitness competition, (laughs) but he's a parish commissioner and he is so pro business. Um, you know, everybody's pro-business, but this guy is really pro-business. If, it, if it's a good business and it's good for the area, then, then he likes it. And, uh, and so, you know, you, you find people like that who are pro-business, pro-small business, pro small business uh, and you explain to them what you're doing and what, like what Craig has done and what you're trying to do for people's health, um, you're going to win some people over.
1: What about landlords, Jeff? What kind of conversations should we be having there? Because that's, that's going to kill small businesses prior, you know, faster than the, the you know, dealing with local authorities.
0: Well. So, so what we talked about in some of our prior podcasts, Fern, is, you know, and what Craig just talked about was deferred rent. Um, you know, if you defer rent where you just lump it on the back, yeah, that's a killer. But if you do some sort of graduated approach, I want you to defer six months of my rent and then starting on month seven, start putting a little bit on top of month seven and eight Mm. and nine and 10 and so forth. And let me basically amateurize it.
1: That's exactly Um, what we did. Right. So I had, I think I had like 20 months left on the lease and I, and I I laid it out kind of like what we've all been talking about. And I said, Hey, listen, here's what we are, have deferred, right? Here's what that's going to cost me. If you make me pay all of that right now, or prior to the close of this, fiscal year or calendar year, that's a X percentage increase in my overhead. It's just, it's not tenable. I'm your largest client in this building. And I know you don't want me to default on rent. So here's what I suggest. Take it out, amortize it over the full length of the rest of the terms of the lease. At that point, you're made whole and I can still function here.
0: And they said, absolutely. We'll do that for you. Right. And so you just have to also look at your market. I mean, there are some markets and right now real estate in general um, is, is pretty hot. It's hard. It's hard to find good real estate right now. And I mean, again, Shreveport, Louisiana, we're not that big and we're, we have the same issue. So you you do have to analyze whether your landlord's looking to put somebody else in there and uh, at a higher rent. And so you're going to have to play that game. But Um, the, the great thing about commercial leasing is there's not tons of regulations on it, even in California that typically have a lot of housing and real estate regulations. In other words, you can chop it up with your landlord, however y'all make it work. Um, and that's what I recommend you do. Um, you know, uh, they will sympathize that you don't have income coming in, but you also have to sympathize that they've taken a heck of a hit, particularly Mm -hmm. if they have multifamily properties in their portfolio and, and they're getting killed on that with the the moratoriums. And so, you know, we're all living through this and we all got to make it work. And um, so, you know, I would try to find as much of a win-win scenario as you can with your landlord, but um, creative rent, payment and uh deferments are are, i think the way to go um and try to find ways to to make that work in months where you do well you can have an agreement that you'll pay x percentage of Mm -hmm. your you know i mean you can create all sorts of stuff if i make if i gross more than x i'm going to pay you 15 percent of that on top of what i pay you for the rent you know Mm -hmm. whatever i mean um but i think you know I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you come to your landlord and you poor mouth, um, the landlord's going to be like, "Man, I'm having the same." Unless the <laughs> landlord's just independently wealthy, the landlord's going to say, "I'm having yeah. the same problems you're having." Oh, right? And, yeah. He's like, know, "Yeah,
1: uh, that's an old story, my friend. Like we, yeah, all, we all know what's going on.
0: It's not going to
2: keep going." Um, so that, you know, uh, that said, though, it's an important consideration, and some of these, some CrossFit affiliate owners are finding that the landlords were had the opportunity to get ppp support as well and the the um eidl as well and i, I it's i think it's important somehow to either one figure out if your landlord got that right make sure that that their relief um does not turn into you know pure profit because you're right. paying the rent like that relief should trickle down correct okay. that's, that's a good point it's a great point. point but to their tenants as well so, yeah, yeah i
1: know i and this is kind of where I've, I've recommended um everybody which is don't be don't be the lamb that goes to slaughter here i'm not saying don't pay rent i'm not saying any of those things all i'm saying is don't be pressured to do something prematurely you know like when my landlord first came in i was like listen i'm gonna make you whole and if i can pay you sooner than we agreed upon i will absolutely do that but right now I'm not giving you anything because i don't have it number one and number two if i did have it i don't have any idea if i'm going to be able to if i'm going to need it or not but i give you my word you will be square when this is all done um and you can tell your landlord be like listen i just i really would like to figure out like how long this is going to last because if i just fork out rent to you right now full boat and then i find out this is going to last for six more months well then that may have been the only cushion that I had to survive during that time frame. And that that's kind of what just like just pump the brakes like it will be fine as long as you're having a conversation and communicating with them and then saying hey listen like I'm I'm going to do this but like I it's not reasonable for people to just walk off a cliff blindfolded when they have no idea what's in front of them.
0: Right. I mean I do a quite a bit of uh collection work, uh commercial collection work and other kinds and I could tell you that my pet peeve is the person who owes, let's just say they owe $15,000. Okay. Uh, They owe my client $15,000. They haven't made an attempt to pay any of it. They haven't paid a hundred bucks a month. They haven't paid 60 bucks a month. And then I file suit. They don't answer the lawsuit. I get a judgment. And then they come in when I get to finally examine them after I have the judgment. And they're like, they're like, you know, giving me the sob story and, and this, and what can we do to work it out? And I'm like, I, I'll work with you all day long if you'll just show an effort. Mm-hmm. But it's the people who don't show any effort. And then at the end, they want the grace. And so it goes the same way with a, with a tenant and a landlord. If you can, if you can show that you're going to work with them and you're going to pay them. Uh, and, and just like you said, Fernie, I'm going to give you my word that we're going to do X. And they see the result, they see the activity, it makes it a lot more palatable when you when you need that when you need to come back to them for that month and say, I didn't make any money this month. I got, you know, we got killed. Um, but but you know, if if you just sit there and go come back every month and say, I got nothing to pay you, I got nothing to pay
2: you. It, it, at some point the landlord's just not gonna be able to keep doing that. Yeah. That's good advice right there. Pay something. Like keep 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 them. Keep them let them know that you're you're doing something um, I think that gets you a lot of influence you're right one thing I want to talk about before we get to the end
0: fern and yep. I'm maybe jumping ahead is no, what we ahead. talked about earlier with this grassroots and groundswell. yep that that's part of what I believe will be able to save businesses and it has to come not just from gyms and uh, gyms global gyms crossFit boxes but I think it's got to come Uh, from all the businesses, because what happens is, what's happened, and Craig talked about this, we've gotten so used to just laying down for these mandates. It's like, oh, they said we have to do it, so we have to do it, and then what happens is, so let's say there's 10 businesses on your block, and you're the one who's going to fight it, and they all say, yeah, we're behind you, yeah, we're going to do the same thing, and then when you open, they all close. All right, well, what kind of influence is that? But if everybody's doing it, or a vast majority of everybody's doing it, you know, right now, and it may change as people get back to work, but right now, governments don't have enough people working anyway, or they're working from home still, or they're shorthanded. And so how are they going to get all of these people to come give tickets, process them through the courts, all of that, if, if, Businesses stand up and say, "Find some other way to control this, but you're not shutting us down."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And and we all refuse to do that. The groundswell is going to have an effect politically. Uh, it is going to have an effect from just an administrative standpoint. How are they going to process all of those fines? Find them, get them all through the court system. Um, you know, at some point, somebody's going to cry uncle. But if If you're the only one standing on your block saying that I'm not closing down, like kind of like Craig was, um, and I'm I'm sure he was probably of the CrossFit boxes in that area was probably the one guy standing in the field screaming by himself, (laughs) and everybody else is like, everybody else is like, I'm too, I'm too afraid of the big bad wolf, and I'm just, I'm going to close. So I really emphasize that, and I've been telling people in my in my municipality the same thing. I mean, think about if all of y'all said, Nah, we're not going to close um and and bring whatever you got on us but we're not going to close and um you know i I have to believe that that would have an effect in a in a variety of ways one of them is administratively i mean how are they going to process all those people how are they going to ticket them who's going to go out and do that uh how are we going to get all that through the court system um you know and i i I, it's a it's a battle i i'd be willing to have and i and Mm i and i'd like to see how it plays out
1: no, I agree, and, and that's just you know I, I think far more people are um, amenable to that idea this time, where everybody before was like just a little bit more scared because I think a lot of it was just so unknown, and even though there are, there's still a lot of unknowns at this point, you know people have been kind of pushed to the brink. So I, I, you know, I just don't. Number one, I just don't see people going along this time. I just want them to be armed with the necessary information to a either delay any sort of interaction they might have with authorities or or local municipalities or just be able to outright say no you can't do that like that's that's not how that executive order is written so no i don't actually have to do that at all you need to have the governor or whoever rewrite that if that's how you wanted this to play um so that's really kind of the was the genesis of this because that's that's rumbling of lockdowns is coming back and again you know i think we all agree about how that at the end of the day, health is the greatest, you know, defense against all chronic disease. Much less just like illnesses and stuff like COVID. Um, the best thing people could do is be healthy, which is quite literally our specialty. You know, I've, I always, I always have a pet peeve when they call. when they say health, you know, health professionals, and I'm like, no, 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 those are sickness professionals. We're health professionals. I know how to make people healthy. They know how to make like stop people from being sick. Um, so I think that's important, and I think. That's more of the conversation that should be had, and and people need to be a little bit more vocal about it. And I know, you know, people worry about getting canceled and all this other stuff. But listen, at this point, if you don't stand up, you're going to get canceled another way, right? You just have no business to stand for. So,
0: yeah, you've got you've got a plan. Uh, you know, one thing that I didn't say earlier is that, uh, for example, with the mayor in our city, mayors mayors typically have fewer powers than obviously than governors. So, when something comes from a from a mayor. Um, Sorry. No when good. something comes from a mayor or a local municipality, you really need to have have a lawyer look at that and see if they have that authority. I mean, we had our mayor telling people that he was going to take their business licenses. He had absolutely no authority to do that and had to get sued and, and taken to court. Um, and again, we aren't some 50,000 uh, population city. I mean, and, and our mayor just came out. And said we're going to we're going to we're going to shut your businesses down without any authority whatsoever to say that so um you know again plan 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 be ready have somebody look at this stuff and uh and then that way as fern said when you're when somebody says that i'm going to do x y and z you can just say i don't know for a fact you can't do
2: that
1: well gentlemen it is friday We've all got places to be, uh, but no, uh, in all seriousness, I appreciate both of your time. Yeah, you know, Craig, it's happy.
0: It's happier where you yeah, are. Huh? Yeah.
1: Hey, always happy <laughs> hour here at CrossFit, right? It's probably the same at Diablo, but you know, um, Craig, I appreciate you, you know, sharing your story, Jeff. I always appreciate these conversations. Um, and, and outside of this conversation about lockdowns, uh, Jeff wasn't um, kind of blowing smoke earlier. Anybody that has contacted us via the podcast or on Instagram that has been uh, in need of some kind of legal advice with regard to leases or any of that stuff, I have forwarded them over and, and, and Jeff has done his best to help them out. And all of those have been good outcomes. So if you do have questions that's just outside of your pay grade and you're just like, hey, this is not anything that I'm uh, up, to, uh, up to speed on, we will gladly connect you. Um, and then outside of that, Craig appreciate you fighting the fight, brother. Obviously, you know, a longstanding CrossFit affiliate, you know, and, uh, and doing the right things out there, uh, in California. Um, I hope it doesn't happen. Like I said, I, I hope this, I hope this podcast is completely irrelevant <laughs> and, and nobody ever needs it. So I, I,
0: I tell you what a little funny story for we, when Craig was going through that, I was calling like all the hotshot lawyers in California, trying to get somebody to take his case. I called Garagos office. Uh, I I mean, I called all these people, all these hotshot lawyers. So, um, you know, I I believe in the cause. I believe in what we're doing and and I'll help whenever I can. So thanks for being a shoulder to cry on. (laughs) Hey, man, it was was a great story. (laughs) I mean, yours yours is one of the greatest stories that, that came out of it, in my opinion. So
1: thank you awesome well gentlemen i appreciate it and uh i hope to see you guys soon craig i hope to see you at the games or maybe at the next crossfit uh you know affiliate gathering jeff we will catch up soon my friend absolutely thank you
2: cheers
0: so you never miss an episode of the podcast subscribe to our youtube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day See you next time.